Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers production studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great to have you with us, and of course, if you're a Cavs fan, you're loving the way things are going as of late. Cavaliers with two straight victories over high-profile opponents last night, knocking off the Clippers at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, 118-108. to And then on Friday night in Milwaukee, beating the Bucks by 10, 110-100. to The Cavs have won nine of their last 10 ball games. Detroit's in town tomorrow night, and then the Cavaliers will head to Memphis on Thursday to take on the Grizzlies. Well, we've got some ground to cover on this week's edition of Cavs HQ. Of course, not only was the win over the Clippers big, but the return of Evan Mobley to the Cavaliers lineup stood out last night. And Evan had a very nice ball game. Ten points to go along with nine rebounds. We'll look back on Evan's return. Sam Amick from The Athletic will stop by and pay us a visit. Sam always with outstanding insights on what's going on all around the NBA. And yes, we'll talk some Cleveland Charge basketball with the voice of the charge, one Scott Zarilla. Yeah, Z-Man's going to pay us a visit. So stay with us. Busy show ahead. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, continues after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Harden on the right-hand dribble, now the left, now the three ball. Nope, rebound Mobley. Cavs down three, 8.25 to go in the half. Mobley heading right to the bucket. Pow, with the left hand. Mo with the throw down. Ice into the paint. Hands off Mobley. Pow! Ice foul Mo. Mo with the throw. And it's 62-59. Mitchell. Lob to Mobley. Pow! The throw to Mo. Oh, how good it feels to say that. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Great to have you with us. Huge thank you to the dynamic duo on the other side of the window. Kurt McLaughlin, along with Marty Allen, putting together that highlight montage of Evan Mobley returning to the Cavaliers lineup last night. Evan had been out for six weeks to the day after undergoing knee surgery, but in just under 21 minutes, Evan with a nice performance last night, 10 points and nine rebounds. So just one rebound shy of a double-double for Evan Mobley after missing six weeks of basketball. And obviously, uh, the Cavs were thrilled to have him back, including head coach J.B. Bickerstaff. I mean, I thought he was good. He was I mean, shoot close to a double-double in, you know, in limited minutes. Um, you know, obviously a little bit of rust, you know, when you're playing full speed, you know, attacking and those types of things. Uh, had some turnovers that he typically doesn't make. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, I thought he did a really good job defensively. Um, offensively, he found his spots. And, again, it's it's going to take some time for him to catch that rhythm and the one-on-one stuff. But uh, all in all, you know, and all the team stuff that we asked him to do, I thought he was, he was great. JB talking about the return of Evan Mobley. 
And here's what Evan had to say about getting back out onto the floor. Didn't feel too rusty. I feel like um, got a few travel calls, but um, that, that's just going to happen. I got into the flow of the game. Uh, as I kept playing, just uh, felt better out there, felt more comfortable. And, um, yeah, I didn't feel uh, too rusty. And then that dunk, yeah, I feel like that got me going. And uh, I felt good to, uh, that that was my first points back. So. KD said that uh, Darius is extremely close to coming back. How much are you looking forward to that? And did you guys kind of lean on each other and support each other because you went out around the same time? Uh, yeah. Um, me and him were, like, uh, on the same kind of timetable. Um, I feel like he's definitely uh, getting there, getting ready, and uh, trying to join the team back uh, pretty soon with us as well. So hopefully we see him soon and uh, get all the guys back. Um uh, I think it'll really benefit our team, and um, yeah, me and him was just uh, spending a lot of time together, uh, doing our own training, trying to get right. Have you allowed yourself to envision what you guys can be full strength? Because we really haven't seen that throughout the course of this year, and if so, what does that look like to you? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I feel like as everyone gets back, it's just so many weapons that we have, so many options, um, a lot of shooting. Um, DG, Don with ISO ball if we ever need a bucket, Vert as well, me and Jay defensively protecting the paint, um, all movement, George as well. This is a lot of different weapons we can uh, use, and it's just putting it all together. And, of course, Evan's running mate as a big man, Jared Allen, who put together his 15th straight double-double last night. But here's Jared talking about Evan's return to the lineup. It's good to see Evan back, being injured like that, having to watch the team play without you, go do everything without you. It's not easy, but, uh, you know, Evan stayed locked in. He did his treatment. He did everything he could to come back in a timely manner. And now that he's back, uh, he did excellent tonight, what, almost a double-double, blocking shots, catching lobs, bringing the ball up the court, you know, starting to pick and roll. Uh, he's looking like his old self again. It was six weeks ago when he had knee surgery, right? And the initial timeline was six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Like in any way, do you marvel at right. how quick this kid recovers from injuries? Yeah, I mean, we're still young, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think we could take advantage of that while we still have these bodies that can recover from surgeries and injuries in the timely manner. But like I said, he he took the injury seriously. He took the recovery seriously. Uh, did all the treatments, did all the weight room stuff, and he got better quickly. We also mentioned that you, Dean, Isaac, you guys are kind of the core of that defense with right. Evan being out. Now with Evan being back, mm-hmm. it feels like you guys have the entire group. Right. How is that going to change with Evan being back, mm-hmm. and how have you seen your defensive prowess grow? Right. Uh, it's just going to change the lineup. The core is still going to be there. We can expand the core of the four. You know, And, and now that Evan's back, he's only going to add more defensive prowess to the team, and it's going to make us even better on that end. You guys have been convinced during this stretch that even when Evan comes back and, and Darius comes back, mm-hmm. you can still play the same way offensively and defensively. You can still have right. the same rhythm. It looked that way again tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Why were you so convinced? And, and right. what does bringing Evan back do? Uh, that's just a testament to our team, a testament to JB, just everybody in this Cavs organization. They get guys who are willing to buy in, who are willing to sacrifice for this team and not just think all about them. So that's Jared Allen talking about the return of Evan Mobley. Boy, it was great to see number four back on the floor for the Cavaliers last night. Ten points and nine rebounds. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. 
Sam Amick from The Athletic will join us. Boy, we've got a lot of ground to cover with Sam as the NBA has reached a halfway point. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, continues after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Struce in the lane to Mobley. Mobley up. Good! And then Mobley in double figures with 10. Levert on Kawhi, put it up, spun it home. Oh, some English on that shot. Mitchell heads to the bucket, put it in, and he got fouled. How about that? Here's Donovan Mitchell, bounce in the lane to Levert, lob Allen, pow! Levert with the throw to the road to put the finishing touches on this one. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. All along the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday night. And, of course, those highlights from Monday night, 24 hours ago, the Cavaliers and the Clippers at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Cavaliers snapped L.A.'s five-game winning streak as the Cavs knocked off L.A. 118-108. to And, of course, the Cavaliers have won nine of their last 10 ball games. Uh, that was a good ball game last night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And we want to welcome in to Cavs HQ, a, a guest that we've had on before. He covers the NBA uh, really on a on a global sense because uh, he covers it not only here, but everything that's going around across the country and heck around the world with the European flavor and the international flavor that the NBA has. Sam Amick from The Athletic joins us to talk a little NBA hoop. Sam has as always, great to have you on. We really appreciate it. Tim, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good to be back with you. Well, let's talk local first, uh, that meaning the Cavaliers, before we expand into the uh, broader sense of the NBA. Uh, as I just mentioned, Cavs have won 9 out of 10. Evan Mobley returned last night. Uh, DG's return is said to be imminent. Uh, Detroit in town tomorrow night, and then down to Memphis on Thursday, so maybe in the next 48 hours. But uh, just your thoughts on this Cavalier team as you kind of watch them and hear about them from afar. They look good. It's funny, uh, you know, I'm watching that, that game last night um, and thinking to myself that admittedly, you know, I'm, I'm West Coast-based, and so I'm always having to fight that, uh, that kind of West Coast bias and paying too much attention to the Western Conference versus the Eastern and that was a good reminder for me that uh, that these Cavs people are sleeping on them. They're, they're having a good year. They're right there, where you know a few more wins during this uh, this really hot stretch, and, and we're going to need to talk about them in, in the context of of Boston and Milwaukee. And and uh, I mean that for them, all things considered, I think it's fantastic. If you talk about you know the injuries they've had, obviously getting Garland back relatively soon hopefully uh, you know and again taking out a, a Clippers team that uh, that has been extremely hot in their own right was uh, impressive stuff. How surprised are you because believe me in Cleveland there's a lot of uh, dismay that they've done this well without Evan and without Darius Garland? Very surprised I mean it's funny because uh, knowing that we were going to visit I just kind of hopped into the numbers to get a glance at the updated profile and, you know, especially losing Evan for as long as they did uh, to be still sitting there as the, the, you know, third best defensive rating in the league uh, with the part that he plays on that end. That part is, is surprising and impressive. Um, and then, you know, to spin it positive in terms of where they can keep growing from here. And, and I think this will take a little bit to get their rhythm back again, but, you know, bringing back a, a 20 point per game score to an offense that is, 
16th in offensive rating right now where, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff and that group want that to, to improve quite a bit. Um, it seems like it's nothing but kind of, you know, upside right now for this group. And, and again, it's, it's in an Eastern Conference that timing-wise appears to be a little bit more uh, up for grabs than maybe we thought. You know, Boston has shown um, a little bit of vulnerability lately. Uh, Milwaukee, obviously, with the coaching change. Uh, you know, Philly, very good team, but Joel Embiid keeps battling uh, some of the health stuff and, uh, you know, and the questions about whether or not they have enough star power. I, I think Cleveland is, is right there. Again, we're talking with Sam Emick from The Athletic, covers the NBA in just a terrific way for The Athletic. So, Sam, uh, let's delve into that Eastern Conference. You alluded to the top teams, of course, Boston, along with Milwaukee and Philly. Uh, who do you tab as a favorite now that we're about halfway through? I mean, I still got to give it to, to the Celtics for sure. Um, you know, like last night, for example, they uh, take out a Pelicans team that's been pretty good lately. They do it without Porzingis. Um, you know, they did lose. To, they got not only lost, they got smoked by the Clippers, and that was surprising. But, you know, the, the health stuff has been big for them. Porzingis is you know, unfortunately, one of the many big guys in the league today, I mean, we, we mentioned Mobley, we mentioned Embiid. Uh, Jokic seems to be the only guy who health-wise is, is just somehow finds a way to be out there all the time. But but the bigs have a harder time staying on the floor. So for them, you saw uh, last night, I thought, you know, the, the difference between having Porzingis defend that rim and Al Horford. So as far as X-Factors, for them and, and the title contending conversation, I think that's big. It's, you know, Porzingis has had a lot of health issues over the course of his career. If he can be healthy, he's a game changer. But I would still give it to Boston. I mean, they've got the the experience that comes with being in the finals a few years back. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have been knocking on this door for it seems like forever now. So uh, I do feel like you know they still kind of have a, a leg up there. Sam, you, of course, have terrific sources throughout the league, as does everybody on the athletic staff. So uh, give us a behind-the-curtain look, if you could. What went down in Milwaukee with Adrian Griffin and, of course, now Doc Rivers taking the helm? Yeah, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of layers to it. Um, you know, I, I would probably start with, and this is, you know, in, in defense of Adrian Griffin, the stuff that was outside of his control, which is anytime – you know, an organization hires a coach uh, and then makes a significant move after that decision. Um, that's tricky, meaning, you know, they hired Adrian Griffin in the summer when they had one roster. Drew Holiday was still on the team. Um, it, it seemed like, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo was definitely a big-time supporter of the decision to hire Adrian Griffin. He had sat in on coaches' meetings and had a significant voice with some of the candidates. Uh, but then – they make the trade to get Damian Lillard and all of a sudden their profile changes quite a bit. Now you're going to be an offense first team that tries to, you know, to, to still be good defensively, but you know, with all due respect to Dame, he's just not a strong defender. So you're going to lose a lot when you have Drew Holiday heading out. Mm -hmm. So Adrian Griffin, I think, you know, struggled big time to adjust to the new profile. And uh, I think there's a pressure that comes with, trading for a guy of Damian Lillard's caliber that even though the offense was very good, um, they struggled in a lot of games against, you know, inferior opponents that they shouldn't have. Um, the vibe was, was not great. There were 
frustrations about him as a communicator. Um, you know, and I was around the team a decent amount in training camp and early on in the season. And just to be honest with you, Tim, you could just tell that it, it felt like whether it was midseason or in the summertime, like this was not a, a match made in heaven when it came to, to this group and this coach. So you feel for Adrian. He had been waiting a long time for that head coaching opportunity. And then, you know, the Doc Rivers choice, um, going with the veteran coach, the guy who's got a title under his belt, uh, we'll see if it works. I, I do, you know, when people ask me recently about Doc, I, I feel kind of inclined to remind folks that, you know, it's been 16 years since the title, and he's had a lot of Hall of Famers on his roster since then and has not been back to that stage. So we'll see how Doc does. Um, but, you know, yeah, for sure, fireworks in, uh, in Milwaukee. No, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Sam Amick from The Athletic. We're going to sneak in a quick timeout, but we have more ground to cover Trade deadline is coming up. Maybe Sam can give us an insight or two. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway, continues after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. As part of January's Basketball for All the Land program, the Cleveland Cavaliers are visiting Estabrook Recreation Center to support a variety of physical, mental health, and wellness initiatives that promote resilient communities where all people have access to healthy living to thrive. A basketball clinic will start the event, including healthy eating tips and engaging with Cavs youth sports coaches. As part of the program, the Cavs will distribute 1,000 basketballs to children in Cleveland through various partners, including law enforcement and community leaders. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with the second half of Cavs HQ presented by Betway right after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. This is Cavs HQ on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse presented by Betway. Now back to the second half of the show with Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. We welcome you back, Cavs HQ. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday night, and great to have joining us from The Athletic, Sam Amick. And, of course, The Athletic covers things nationally, locally, just an outstanding subscription. I, as I always say, uh, if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, you're missing out because their journalism is just top-notch. Sam, we talked about the East. Let's transition to the West. Of course, uh, a couple of young and up-and-coming teams in Minnesota and OKC uh, have been near the top throughout the first half of the year. Of course, last year's defending Western Conference champions, Denver in the hunt. We saw Los Angeles last night here in Cleveland. Size up the West for us. Super interesting. Um, You know, we we talked about surprises in the East before, Tim. if I would have told you going into the year that teams like the, uh, I'm trying to look here. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies were going to get John Morant back. Right. So we thought maybe they'd be back in the mix. We had the Warriors with, with their usual suspects. We had the Lakers, you know, having gone to the conference finals last season, the Pelicans getting Zion back, all these teams that had a lot going for them, a lot of potential to be at the top of the West are nowhere near the top of the West. And, And if I would have told you that it was Minnesota, Oklahoma city, even the Clippers, because we, we got so programmed to have, you know, have to deal with the load management component that came with their group. And all of a sudden, Kawhi Leonard's playing almost every night. So surprises all over the place. I didn't even mention the Phoenix Suns, who, you know, they're finding their way right now, but, you know, they've struggled out the gate with, with their big three. Uh, a lot of injuries there as well. So interesting is the word that comes to mind. 
uh, I, I love it. It's been fun to watch. I mean, last night's a good example. You know, Minnesota versus OKC being a high-profile game in the 2024 Western Conference is not something that I saw coming at all. You know, like the Timberwolves, we thought for sure just had too many big men, too many bloated salaries. Uh, they, you know, we thought they'd have to trade Carl Anthony Towns to free up cap space, things like that. But they've been really, really good. OKC uh, was supposed to be on a, a rebuild that was maybe two or three years out, and and really we also thought that that Shea Gilgis Alexander might not be patient enough to wait for that rebuild. And lo and behold, you know, Chet Holmgren comes in, you know, and, and been fantastic. Jalen Williams becomes a borderline all-star so surprises all around uh but in the middle of it all since i'm sure we'll kind of handicap it just like we did the east uh i will i will go with what i know which is that the denver nuggets remain uh, a very very good basketball team and and i think uh, they're in a, a really good spot in the west right now so you like denver but i do want to ask you about the clippers because we saw them last night Cavs knocked them off but man they have really turned things around going into last night 22 and 4 in the months of December and January combined. And they really struggled after acquiring James Harden. So what sparked that turnaround, Sam? Well, the biggest thing that, you know, that, that people point to with good reason, because I think it was the situation we've seen a couple times the last couple of years, was the Russell Westbrook factor. You know, he was in the starting lineup early on when James Harden came to the Clippers, and it was just way too much kind of duplication of skill sets. You can't have, you know, four wings like that and, and expect to be effective. And But you have egos, you have personalities, and, and Russ is a proud guy who's headed for the Hall of Fame. And much like his Lakers experience, it was a question of, all right, can they convince him to come off the bench? And, and then if they do that, are they going to lose him? Or is he going to become a productive member of that second unit? And it's been the latter. Like, he hasn't been amazing, but it's like the most important thing is that by putting him into the second unit, you unlocked the best of what James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard have to offer, and they've been really rolling ever since then. You know, they they've got a little, you know size down low with Zubats, who's an underrated big and a guy that fits beautifully with them. I saw something recently that I thought was really insightful with um, Zubats talking about James Harden when he first got to the Clippers, and then I know James's reputation with you know, it's been pretty bad the past couple of years, but the idea of James Harden making Zubac wait, you know, and practice long after practice is over from day one when he got to the Clippers so that they could refine their pick and roll set and really get down to the nitty gritty of, I need you to come off here. I need you to do this there. That kind of showed me that the James was in a different headspace and, and all that stuff seems to be paying off. So they are right there with the nuggets. I'm just, you know, naturally going to, give kind of the hat tip to the champs. Um, but, but the Clippers' body of work this past couple of months has been impressive. Well, I think it's going to be fascinating, especially in that Western Conference. Totally agree with you. Speaking of the Western Conference, uh, read an article recently in The Athletic uh, that you were a part of, and of course uh, the the showdown that was supposed to happen last Saturday uh, between Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic did not transpire as Joel Embiid sat out. Uh, what will be the repercussions of that and, and the what do you foresee the NBA doing as far as these marquee matchups that are supposed to happen? You don't see as much load management as you have in the past, but where do you see that going, Sam? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's not a, a great situation. Um, it's funny you asked that, Tim. I this morning I actually was trying to dive into some of the history to remind myself. All right, it's easy for us to say, all right, Embiid hasn't played there forever, and 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 yet again he was missing in action. But I wanted to go back to all of the absences and and, and kind of remind myself what led to them. Were, were there injuries? Was he just taking the night off? But however you slice it. The optics are really bad for Joel. They're really bad for the NBA. You know, this is the exact type of game that the NBA was trying to prioritize. A, a Saturday afternoon, you know, high-profile ABC affair. Yep. Uh, one day before, you know, the NFL's championship Sunday, no less, where it felt very much like the NBA's chance to get their little kind of chunk of the ratings before they all go towards football the next day. And everybody tunes in to see – the two big fellas battle it out, and, and Joel is, is gone yet again. Now, the way I do my job, and you know this just being a media guy yourself, like you, you, context matters a lot, right? So I think in fairness to Joel, it, it should also be shared that uh, some of the reporting since then has been that, for one, there's, there's definitely video clips from his previous game against the Pacers where he, he hits his knee, uh, and it looks very, very real, very, very serious, where – He's holding his knee, um, hobbling, you know, and then he did keep playing. So that's what people are going to point to, but it didn't look great. And I can understand where the concern about the knee was. And then in regard to the fact that the Sixers did not even have him on the injury report Mm -hmm. heading into Denver, which is, that's going to be the red flag for the NBA. Uh, The reporting from this is, you know, I I have not confirmed this independently, but Ramona Shelburne from ESPN had indicated that Joel was so hell-bent on playing in that game, ironically, that he told the Sixers, just don't even worry about putting my knee on the injury report. I'm playing the damn game. And then, ultimately, the medical staff said, you're not. It doesn't look good. So, you know, I'm sure that's the stuff that the league has been sifting through in its investigation. I'm curious to see what they ultimately decide to do. But it was, it was certainly unfortunate for everybody involved. All right, before we wrap things up, I have a couple of minutes left. I do have to ask you about the trade wins that may be swirling. Uh, we've seen some moves already. Siakam to Indiana, OG Ananobi to the Knicks. Uh, anybody else uh, that you see being on the move, what might happen in the next 10 days? Yeah, I mean, DeJounte Murray of the Hawks is certainly the guy who is now front and center. Feels very much like the next guy to go, um, but not quite sure where he's going to go just yet. I, I, I felt like it, it seemed inevitable that he was headed toward the Lakers, but there, you know, there have been extensive talks between those two teams. And, and it seems like an obstacle is D'Angelo Russell's future where the Hawks don't appear to have interest in Russell as part of their group. And so then the question becomes, can you find a third team to work with and have that be a Russell landing spot? Uh, do you need to do a side deal where you, you know, trade D'Angelo Russell for an expiring contract that you could then give to the Hawks. But if you do that, that gets complicated because the team taking Russell might push for, for a draft pick, in which case you're, you're losing assets that you thought you were going to use in, in the deal uh, with the Lakers uh, or with the Hawks. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but DeJounte, you know, the Hawks have been bad. Organizationally, they've clearly decided that the fit with Trey Young is not what they hoped that it would be. They gave up a lot of assets to get DeJounte a couple years back. And and you have a new group running the front office that is 
trying to salvage that, which, you know, their rivals really obviously don't care about, about those, uh, those aspirations. So uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff to get through, but DeJounte to me is, is the next big name. There we go. Sam can't thank you enough. Always outstanding insights uh, on the NBA and, uh, we really appreciate you dropping by. We know it's a busy time of year for you, no doubt about it. So uh, for you to spend a few moments with us, uh, greatly appreciate it. You got it. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Sam Amick from The Athletic joining us on this week's edition of Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Quick time out. More to come. So stay with us on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Sharif left elbow. Out front this Zaire, right slot, Aline Ford, the three ball, swish! Aline Ford, 30 points! Coming down left side with the left hand, spun it off the glass, put it up and in, Sharif with 19. Sharif with five, top of the key, hooked it to Zaire, left slot, another three. He got another one! Zaire Smith, 23 back-to-back threes. Welcome back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. All along, the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. Great to have you with us. And, boy, great to hear those highlight calls from the voice of the Cleveland Charge, Scott Zarilla. And as Dorothy said in The Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. The Charge back home after a seven-game road swing in which they went three and four. And those highlights are from the finale of that seven-game swing as the Charge in Portland, Maine, won on Saturday night over the Maine Celtics, 110 to 103. And we thought it would be fun to have Scott Zarilla stop by and pay us a visit as he gets used to being back home again. Z Man, <laughs> great to have you with us. Well, it's great to be home and great to be with you, Tim. Yeah, we were we were joking earlier that uh it's fun. I know, you know, travel is fun, but it's still travel, and that was quite a trip of the guys, as you mentioned, three Three and four on um, seven days, seven games in 15 days. That's pretty impressive. And to win that final game, uh, you and I have been around basketball and sports in general a long time. That last game of a long road trip, we've seen it. The guys go, man, let's just get back home. Uh, But to be in Portland and knock off that Celtic team in a heck of a ball game Saturday night, that speaks volumes. You know, Tim, they lost the night before on Friday. And I think the most impressive thing, not only, I mean, they did so many things well in the win on Saturday, but they came out strong and you need that. You need to kind of have that belief. And then they had the lead and they didn't allow the Celtics, the Celtics kept making runs, but they never really let them get back into the game. So that quote intestinal fortitude, uh, as you said, it was huge. It's so easy to just, I'm tired we, you know, blah, blah, I want to go home. Yeah, but they didn't. And that's as much on the players as it is on the coaching staff to have those guys ready and to convince them, hey, every game counts. And you never know at the end of the year how many wins and losses, you know, et cetera, there's going to be. But you don't want to look back and say you gave a game away. And if you're able to sneak in by one game, you can look back in Maine and go, that might be the one that was the clincher to, you know, to make the difference in making the playoffs. Scott, everybody has heard about the exploits of Imani Bates with the charge, and we'll touch on Imani here in a minute. But uh, during that highlight montage, uh, we heard some terrific basketball from Aline Ford and Zaire Smith. Uh, talk about two guys, and or those two guys, and really anybody else that stood out for you. 
Well, I tell you what, Aleem Ford, I'm so glad we heard that highlight because while I have not tabulated his up-to-date three-point shooting, he did have that season-high 30 points on Saturday. Uh, he had five three balls. in the last, Pretty much through that trip, he hit about 45% from beyond the line. At one point, he was about 14 of 27. He's just a nice, solid 3-and-D guy. It's 6'8". He's got good size. They rely on him to shoot the three ball. And usually, uh, between he and Zaire Smith taking the best offensive player uh, on the other team. And Zaire Smith, same thing. The guy's been Mr. Reliable, you know, 12 points per game. He had a season-high 23 in the win, a couple of three balls, shooting 37% uh, from beyond the three-point line. You know, we, we've heard the name, as you said, Amani Bates, Isaiah Mobley, Sharif Cooper. But there have been other guys. we got to talk about Pete Nance, too. Other right. guys that have just really stepped up and played well for the charge. Well, let's touch on Imani real quick because, of course, uh, word broke uh, earlier this week uh, that Imani has been chosen to participate in the 24 NBA G League up next game, uh, and that'll be All-Star Weekend at G League Park. But just talk a little bit about what Imani has shown and really what an honor this is for him. Well, the first thing, Tim, and you've seen him, he's so much fun to watch. Yes. His, his stutter steps, his enthusiasm, how he clears space, how he's able to just hop to his left, hop to his right, cross you over, and then those ridiculous high arcing threes, and he gets so hot in these stretches where it's just so much fun to watch. Now, that's the fun part. He's averaging 24 points, about five rebounds. But I think he and the coaching staff would also be the first ones to tell you that he definitely he still has to tighten up his game a little bit. He's a little loose with the handle, and he needs to be a little bit better of a defender. But that's why he's playing 15 games with the Charge thus far, because as we saw with Sam Merrill, a full season with the Charge last year, tighten up the game, fine-tune it a little bit so that when you get your opportunities with the Cavaliers, you're ready to go. Sam has done that. And again, Amani, he's 19 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He turns, um, as a matter of fact, he just turned 20 years old. Pardon me. But, you know, he's one of those guys that you see all of the potential is there. Now we just have to coach him, work him up a little bit. But uh, I think the sky's the limit for him. And again, for, for the listeners right now, if you haven't watched a charge game, if you haven't been down, we'll talk more about this later too, but come down because he is so much fun to watch. Hey, real quick. I'm going to let you toot your own horn. Not that you've ever done that before, but a year ago, hey, you called Sam Merrill. You said, Tim, this kid might be the best shooter I've seen in a long time. Wait till he gets regular minutes at the NBA level. You called it on Sam. Well, I mean, as much as I'd like to say how incredibly smart and talented I am, which I am, but just you see him because his, his footwork and the way he squares and his quick release. And I saw that uh, a couple of coaches, Tyrone Lou last night, uh, J.B. Vickerstaff said it. He's kind of, a, I'd say, poor man, but he's a lot like Kyle Korver. He just can get the shot off. And when you're shooting 43% from beyond the line, give the guy a little bit of space and he's going to make your shots. And look what he has done for the Cavaliers this season. It's been fantastic. Boy, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Scott Zarilla. He's the voice of the Cleveland Charge. Charge back home tomorrow night. In fact, Scott, uh, there's some things coming up down at the Wolstein Center as far as the Charge are concerned that, as you said, hey, go down and see this basketball team. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, Tim, how about that? A three-game homestand. It's unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm shocked. I don't know what to do with myself other than laundry and grocery shop. Um, Well, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, they play Greensboro. It's what's called a a winning weeknight. So if the Charge win tomorrow night, if you're in the stands, you'll get a ticket to Friday's game against Delaware. Winning weeknights just like the greatest invention ever, right? Be there. They win. You get a free ticket to the next home game. So that's tomorrow night. Friday is a salute to service night. And, you know, Tim, you know this. Between the Cavaliers, the Monster, and the Charge, we do such a great job with salute to service, you know, celebrating the men and women, you know, that take care of and sacrifice and defend our country. So we will be doing that on Friday night. And then Sunday, that's a 7 o'clock game as well. Sunday, one of the fun games, it's Marvel Superhero Day. And that's going to be presented by Immaculate Cleaning. It's a 3 o'clock tip, but the first 3,000 fans We'll get a charge Marvel comic book. I've seen them. They're really cool. And the team will be wearing Captain America jerseys. But what are you wearing, Scott? What are you wearing? I'm actually going to be wearing (laughs) Captain America, red, white, and blue. I've got my blue suit, my red tie, my white shirt. Right? Come on. That's what I'm doing. No cape? Captain America doesn't wear a cape. (laughs) I know. You said superhero. I don't think you do. do. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said it. But anyway, those jerseys are great. And and, and Sam Armstrong and the the, um, marketing department do such a great job of coming up with the uniforms. But uh, the uniforms afterwards are auctioned off after the game with all the benefits going to the Greater Cleveland Fisher House. So it's a really good homestand. Like I said, 7 o'clock tomorrow, 7 o'clock on Friday, 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, lots going on. And, I mean, I'm, I'm being the shill, but it's the fact. The ticket's only $5. Right. They're $5. Come on down. Yep. It's a great atmosphere, too. Plus, we've got the great new video scoreboard, which has really made the in-game experience so much more fun. So come on down and give us a try. There you go. It's great entertainment. It's great basketball. And, of course, Scott Zarilla, even without a cape, is the guy to be seen down there. <laughs> Z-Man, we appreciate the time. <laughs> Tim, anytime. Always great to talk with you. <laughs> Scott Zarilla, a superhero in his own right, joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. We'll take a timeout. We'll put the finishing touches on this week's show after this on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Fun show. Huge thank you, of course, to the dynamic duo, senior producer Kurt McLaughlin, technical director Marty Allen, our guest Sam Amick from The Athletic, and, of course, the Z-man Scott Cirilla from the Cleveland Charge. Cavs back in action tomorrow night. They host Detroit. That game will tip at 7. Huntington tip-off show at 6.30 on the Medical Mutual Cavaliers Audioverse. So until then, Tim Elkhorn saying thank you for listening. And so long, everybody. Everybody.